Charlie Wright is an investment advisor representative with Partner Vest Advisory Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. The views and opinions expressed by our guests are for informational purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the views of Partner Vest Advisory Services, LLC, or Charlie Wright. Partner Vest and our guests are unaffiliated companies. No information in this discussion is intended to provide investment, tax, or legal advice to any person, nor is it an offer to sell any security. Welcome to the Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. You can contact us at info at strategicinvestorradio.com and go to our website to hear podcasts of any and all of our interviews and shows, strategicinvestorradio.com. I'm Charlie Wright. Today is October 30th, 2015. Very pleased you've joined us and we're happy to have with us here Warren Thomas of Exchange Wright Real Estate, focusing on 1031 Exchange Market. Uh, Warren talks to us from their offices in Pasadena, California. Warren, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Yeah, thank you, Charlie. Happy to be on with you. So, Warren, I know some of your background. You're a pra- uh, formerly practicing CPA. You've been active in the commercial real estate market as an investor for many, many years. You've been over 12 years in the 1031 exchange arena, and you have seven securities licenses. So tell us, Warren, uh, what do you have against spare time? <laughs> uh, spare time can be boring. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, that, that's how you see it. So fill in some of the gaps and tell us some about uh, your, your background and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, uh, thanks. I, I started in the CPA uh, industry working as an auditor with Ernst & Ernst in downtown Los Angeles. That's back in the late 70s. And then went on to run a three-office CPA firm. And until uh, 2007, from 1992 on, we uh, added financial planning and a real estate specialty to the CPA firm. And over those number of years, uh, the, the financial planning and the real estate uh, really overcame the CPA business. And uh, I divested myself in 2007 and just concentrated in the, the real estate arena. Okay, so tell us about Exchange Right Real Estate. What is it you guys do for whom? Yeah, Exchange Right uh, was formed, uh, you know, coming out of 2008, 9, 10, when uh, we would get calls from clients that were really hurt by uh, investing in deals that they might have found uh, where property values had gone down and their cash flows were impacted. So Exchange Right was formed. Uh, we, we formed that company with the idea of giving uh, a more secure type of investment vehicle for investors that were c- contemplating 1031 exchanges. Okay, so let's talk a little about 1031 exchanges. Many of our listeners are probably not real familiar with that. So tell us what they are and why people do them. Okay, uh, real estate investors in general are going to be fairly familiar. Uh, 1031 exchanges have been uh, around for decades, and they uh, it's a, a provision in the tax code that allows a person to exchange real estate for real estate and uh, if it's of a like kind. 
And in doing that exchange, they don't have to pay any tax if they set up the exchange properly. Okay, so someone has a piece of property, they want to sell that and buy another piece of property. This is a way of doing that on a tax-advantaged basis. Is that it? Absolutely. Okay. And what they'll have rules that they have to follow. Right, right. As always with with IRS regulations here. So, what role does exchange right real estate play in that process? Uh, Exchange right will guide part of that process for the investor as to how to accomplish the exchange. But more importantly, exchange right provides a replacement property options for the investors, giving them opportunity for perhaps a higher cash flow and perhaps a a safer uh, portfolio approach to investing that they otherwise would have access to. Yeah, Warren, I'm not quite following you here. Does that mean that you act like real estate brokers and finding properties for people who currently have properties they would like to sell? I'll be more specific. Um, I buy about 50 to $70 million of primarily net lease property every 90 days. And then I'll put those 50 to $70 million of property into portfolios. And what's unique about our portfolios is that we concentrate on investment-grade tenants. So uh, a tenant such as a CVS, an AutoZone, a Advanced Auto, uh, Tractor Supply. Uh, these are national, uh, no franchises, no solely owned properties. We go to the cr- corporate credit tenants, and we put those into a portfolio that an investor can exchange into. Okay, and so they are in a portfolio. So what uh, someone actually buys is a share in that portfolio? That's correct. Okay, and then they have properties that they are able to then exchange for that, so the properties that they own have to comply with the exchange requirements. That's correct. And, and typically those properties are, uh, they're like the properties you just described then? Yeah, a very, very common situation. Um, we, we have an investor in, uh, we'll say Venice Beach, and the investor is selling a two-unit. But if you're in Venice Beach, those, those properties are worth, worth quite a lot of money. So uh, we'll get a call where uh, the sale will be a couple million dollar sale, the investors considering whether they want to buy another property uh, on their own, or they're considering whether it's time for them to leave active management and look perhaps at a, a portfolio approach where they can become more passive and they can, um, they can receive very likely a cash flow that's significantly higher than what they could do on, on their own purchase. Okay, now, now that... Uh, in my world, that's a fairly unique service. Uh, is it? Are there other people doing this kind of thing? Yeah, there are other people. Uh, we're one of the larger ones in the United States uh, making these offerings. And uh, we, uh, we currently have properties that we've, we manage over 27 states. Um, so we're not just in California. We actually buy net lease properties all over the country. We're looking for the right deals, the right credit, the right cap rates that, that we would want to own and manage because we're in there to manage them and we, we will buy an ownership interest in everything that we do. Okay. And as you do that, 
Um, are you working through real estate brokers uh, to find those properties or these off-market opportunities? Uh, it's a combination. Uh, the, the bigger brokerage houses across the country that specialize in net lease, they know that we're an active buyer. So we get a lot of first looks. The, the uh, typical investor is going to go on LoopNet and look for purchases on LoopNet. And we, we have only bought one property out of our last 155 on LoopNet. So we're, we're generally dealing with a developer or with brokers that specialize where we get, uh, if not the first look, we're one of the first ones to get a look at, at listings or newly developed property. And so you, you mentioned a couple of times these are net leases, so I presume that means minimal management of these properties. That's correct. Okay, and um, and these are all over the country. Do you pay cash for these properties? Are they highly leveraged? How does that work? Okay, when, when we buy them, we're basically buying them uh, using our capital. And then when we decide how many properties, like I'll, I'll buy... Uh, I'll typically have somewhere from 15, 15 to 25 properties that I'll put in one portfolio. And when I put them, I form a portfolio called a DST, a Delaware Statutory Trust, and then I will put one loan on that portfolio, and I like the loan to be between 49 and 55%. I like, I like very moderate leverage on our deals. Okay, and then how do you decide when to sell them, or have you sold any? We have sold, but our investors really are not looking for quick money. Most of them are looking for the cash flow and the stability that this net lease portfolio gives them. So we're not anxious to sell. I do believe that we'll be a seller uh, in four years to ten-year range. But uh, even that is a little bit too early for a number of our investors. And when you sell, they then have uh, another potential tax consequence that they would have to decide on whether to take that tax hit at that time or do another 1031 exchange, correct? That's correct, and that's why most of them are not anxious to sell. (laughs) I see. Okay, well, this is very, very interesting. We need to take a short break here, uh, Warren, so stay right there. We're talking with Warren Thomas of Exchange Right Real Estate out of Pasadena, California. You're listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, and we'll be right back. For today's Financial Minute on Strategic Investor Radio, we're talking with John Kosar, founder CEO of Asbury Research, an investment research firm out of the Chicago area. John, what do you have for us today? Charlie, with all of the volatility and all the fear in the marketplace now, I thought this was a good time to let investors know that fear is usually a precursor to something good happening, an investment opportunity, and fear can be your friend. What we're looking at right now are two popular indicators. One is the CBOE put-to-call ratio, and the other one is the CBOE volatility index, better known as the VIX or the fear gauge. When these indexes get historically high, and when I say historically, I'm saying you go back one or two years, and when those indexes start to get very high, it indicates that there's a lot of fear in the marketplace and people are selling out their long positions and basically going into hiding. When this happens, this is time for smart investors to start to go shopping, start to look for opportunities, look for a stock you wanted to buy, but maybe it was too expensive. Look for an ETF you wanted to buy, maybe the spiders or the Qs that's at a, a good level to buy. 
Um, so, again, this isn't something that you do right away, but whenever you see those volatility and put-call ratios start to spike, start to make your list and look for an opportunity on the charts to have a, a nice opportunity to buy over the next few weeks. John, great point. And if somebody wants to learn more, how do they reach you? They can contact us at Asbury Research, A-S-B-U-R-Y Research.com on the Internet. And uh, there's a phone number there, and there's a contact us page. If you just like to fill out a brief form, someone will get back to you. Great, John. Thank you very much. Or they can check out our weekly show on octalkradio.net. Thank you. According to the consulting firm Strategic Capital Allocation Group, every decade since 1900 has experienced at least one bear market, and several have experienced as many as three. So how do we protect our principal from these declines without missing the gains when prices rise? At Strategic Investor Radio, we interview asset managers with unique strategies designed to both protect and grow your investments. Investing is not rocket science. It's rocket fuel if you know how to harness it. For podcasts of our interviews, please visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. And now back to Charlie and his guests. Thank you, Paul. Welcome back to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net. Today we're very pleased to be talking with Warren Thomas of Exchange Right Real Estate, a 1031 exchange market company out of Pasadena, California. So, Warren, if I were to summarize from a uh, almost a layman, basically a layman's position here, what, what Exchange Right Real Estate does, tell us how accurate we are here. Uh, you guys buy portfolios of commercial properties of uh, corporately owned and held properties uh, in 27 different states and make them available on a 1031 exchange basis, okay, through uh, what's called a Delaware Trust, a DST, to people who want to sell their properties on a more tax-favorable basis. That's correct. Uh, And I would say even more basic than that is that we provide opportunities for 1031 exchange investors to go from very active management to passive management and typically we'll see in a Southern California market uh, an investor doubling and sometimes tripling their net income as a result. I see. Okay, so so you're offering uh, several different kinds of benefits and advantages, not just the, the tax ones. That's correct. They The investors continue to get their depreciation benefits. They continue to have the full uh, ownership rights that they would have had on an individual property. The uh, investor can also come in with whatever dollar amount they are comfortable with or that they need for their exchange, whether that be $100,000 or some investors come in with $6 million. So it's not for the faint-hearted to uh, consider where they're going to place their $100,000 or, or, or a number of millions, but this is an appropriate product for many of those investors. Okay, and you guys have been doing this in, in somewhat this fashion for how long? Well, I've concentrated in, in this industry since 2003. I've been real estate investing far longer than that, but uh, since 2003, we've been very active in what we call, we call this the fractionalized uh, 1031 market because we're able to take properties and allow investors to buy a piece 
of, of the portfolio or piece of a property. So it's a fractionalized 1031 market. Okay, now Warren, I'm sure you do this because you love it, but in addition to that, you guys have to be compensated. How are you compensated and by whom? Uh, yes, when we when we buy, if we're buying $50 million worth of property, uh, we will build an acquisition fee into the portfolio because we're we're buying the properties. We're uh, going through the uh, appraisals, the title, con- uh, the condition reports, the environmental reports. We're we're going through doing all the due diligence and then going through the legal process of putting them together. and And actually, we put our name. I put my name. I sign on a uh, roughly a twenty-five to thirty million dollar loan every ninety days. And uh, when an investor comes in to our portfolios, they have no responsibility for those loans. Uh, they they can look at any of the due diligence that we've had to go through, uh, any of the title on any of the properties. You know, all of that is is completely open to them. But for that service and putting that together, uh, we are earning uh, typically about a two and a half percent acquisition fee on the portfolio cost. Um, and then, then we also look at having a management fee year to year, and that is generally under two thousand dollars per property in the portfolio. So I may I'll be managing a forty-five to fifty million dollar portfolio for about forty thousand dollars a year, which is uh, probably less expensive than any money manager you've ever talked to. <laughs> right, right. I can appreciate that. So, uh, tell us about how many properties are in a typical portfolio. Uh, typically, I'll go fifteen to twenty-five. Okay, and and those are all in the commercial uh, the commercial business. And why are these these properties for sale? Uh, usually, we have an, an expand an expansion of uh, particular markets. Uh, I'll say one that's very common is the dollar store market. Out, out here in California, shoppers are used to seeing ninety-nine cent stores. Well, a 99-cent store won't be an asset that I will buy, but I will buy the gorillas in the market, which are the uh, Family Dollar, Dollar Tree, and Dollar General. And I buy them uh, directly uh, from the developers because they are expanding, where most of them were highly concentrated in the south and southeast. Uh, They're now making their way across the United States, and we've seen quite a few of them coming to California. So those would be possible purchases for us. I see. And uh, generally speaking, are uh, are clients fairly satisfied with this kind of approach? What are the well, what are the typical challenges you have uh, in in keeping the investors satisfied and happy? Well, it's all about investor expectation, and I, I love this type of product because all of our income is contractual and guaranteed by the parent, by the corporation, by AutoZone or CVS or the bank or whatever it is. So I'm not reliant upon uh, contracts that can't be paid. So on our first 11 net lease offerings, all of them are performing exactly as expected, and that's what keeps investors happy. If we say we're paying a 7% yield, uh, then we need to pay a 7% yield. If we pay that and we're paying it month month in, month out, and hitting exactly what our projections were, that keeps the investors happy, and that's exactly what we're doing. 
Okay. Well, thank you. We need to take another short break here, Warren. We're talking with Warren Thomas, Exchange Right Real Estate, uh, out of Pasadena, California. You're listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net. And again, we'll be right back. For today's Financial Minute, we're talking with Jason Weiler of Capital Management Group, CMG, out of Philadelphia. Jason, what do you have for us today? Thank you, Charlie. What I thought I'd talk about today real quick with the increased volatility that we're starting to see in the markets is something that all advisors, as well as investors, uh, seem to face on a regular basis, which is the impact of investor emotion. Um, there's an interesting study that was done back in the late 70s by a economist named by the name of Daniel Kahneman, and basically what he came up with was what was called prospect theory. And inside of prospect theory, basically it's the uh, notion that People or the human condition is going to feel losses at a rate of two times more than they're going to feel gains. So, for instance, if your uh, your portfolio rises by ten percent, you're going to feel you're going to feel good. You're going to feel very confident. But at the same time, if your portfolio goes down ten percent, you're going to sit back and start to say, "I got to reevaluate how I position myself with my risk parameters." And essentially, what it does is, is it creates a lot of chaos within within that client advisor relationship. So, one of the things that I think is very important for all advisors right from the beginning is to sit down and set the appropriate expectation with clients and, and actually use the concept of prospect theory as part of that uh, initial meeting, which is going to sit there and say, you know, our goal here is to set your financial record, and when uh, times of turbulence come through, you want to be able to give them an anchor point, which that anchor point can be, remember, emotions will get in the way, losses will feel stronger than the gains will, uh, and that will probably help you uh, create that foundation for you to be able to build that relationship going forward and navigate any of the potential areas of volatility that we see that could potentially be coming in the, in the future. Great advice, Jason. If somebody wants to learn more, how do they reach you? Uh, you can reach me uh, via email, jason at cmgwealth.com, or you can also call me, uh, 610-989-9090. My extension is 120. And the website? cmgwealth.com. Sounds great. Or they can check out our weekly show on octalkradio.net. Jason, thank you very much. Thank you, John. And we're back to wrap things up with Charlie and his guest. Thank you, Paul. Again, we're talking with Warren Thomas of Exchange Right Real Estate out of Pasadena, California. Uh, so, Warren, uh, tell us uh, well, a question we always like to ask our guests. What keeps you awake at night? <laughs> uh, let me see. I'm 59 years old, and a lot of things keep you awake at night as you get older. <laughs> No, from a from an investment standpoint, it really is that your prior question of meeting ex- investor expectations. Um, when when we put together uh, a portfolio, uh, I generally will have uh, as much as twenty or more percent of the portfolio represented by people that I've been investing, uh, helping them invest for years years on end. And so, what keeps me awake is making sure that I can deliver what we expect and when what we're communicating to our investors well you're not alone there and we congratulate you for for having that desire and that uh, typically is the desire of all of us who have clients and it's a uh, certain certainly a major challenge here um and and so can, can you tell us here in your uh, portfolios 
uh, the, the, the client's levels of expectation, they're typically expecting a certain level of income, but also people, as we all know, buy real estate uh, for the equity increase. Are these properties valued every quarter, every year? How does someone know how the equity of the portfolio is, is um, hanging in there? Yeah, the um, uh, equity in, port- in a portfolio like this, these are what we call Reg D offerings uh, that are available to accredited investors. And in a Reg D, there there is no formal process of valuation that would take place from a quarter to quarter or annually. Um, it, it's not required, and the reason it's not required is that real estate fluctuates in value. Uh, what, what an investor can do and do with pretty high level of confidence is uh, these, are, these are truly traded almost like commodities. You can go online and you can find the pricing of a Walgreens, a CVS, a dollar store. Um, and they're very easy to find, so they're very easy to, to uh, dial in as to what the possible value would be. Uh, but we, we are not in the valuation business. And so we don't, and, and we're not uh, required to. And uh, unfortunately, you know, there's strengths and weaknesses to every investment. And unlike a publicly traded REIT that they can get out of easily, once you're in a portfolio like this, you're really in it for the the long run until it's the right time for us to actually sell the portfolio, and then the investor do another 1031 or choose to take their cash. Okay. And so do you anticipate that these portfolios will be sold as portfolios as opposed to individual properties? I, I do anticipate that. And our, our exit uh, strategy does involve selling to institutional buyers that are not looking for the one purchase of one, you know, one-off purchase of property. Um, our buyers are going to be the REITs that have $10 billion in assets or $5 billion in assets and specialize in the net lease space, so, you know, specialize in buying exactly what we are forming portfolios to buy. Um, our portfolios uh, average a cash flow that's about 35% higher than the uh, aggregate of the, the publicly traded REITs that are in our space. So our um, our goal is to be able to sell 200 million or three or 500 million at a time of these assets and uh, if it makes money for that public REIT because they can buy us and take advantage of part of that 35% discount then uh, it should be good for us and all of our investors because uh, we'll be a recipient of some of that profit so we believe we're going to see an institutional sale saying that we have sold individual assets if the price was right then we're open to selling individual assets as well. All right, thank you. Another question we like to ask, Warren, is what book on investing would you recommend for our listeners? Well, I, okay, there's two answers to that. Um, you can get into some very boring books on 1031 exchanges, and if you wanted to do that, there's a book by Mary Foster. I shouldn't say, Mary, that your your book is that boring, but in in fact... It's called Tax-Free Exchanges Under 1031. It's published by Thomson Reuters. But the book that I enjoy, and I've enjoyed it for 30 years, is, is one that's probably been suggested many times. It's The Richest Man in Babylon by George Clayson. It was published in 1926. 
And that's just a practical primer on how people should be saving money, investing money, and it's good for the person that's working off of a $30,000 a year budget just as well as the person that's living off of a $500,000 a year budget. No question about it. I wish that uh, George Clayson were a uh, relative of mine because I know that his, I'm sure his relatives are very, very pleased yeah. <laughs> with the way that that book has uh, continued selling uh, for all of these years. So there's no 1031 for Dummies book out there, huh? Not, not that I've seen. I mean, you can, you can go to our website, uh, which is www.exchangeright.com, and we have resources on, on there that would be very helpful as primers. Uh, you could also contact our office directly, and uh, we mail out uh, primers on, on 1031 exchanges and, and typical types of real estate investing that an investor might be interested in. Yeah, and I can uh, second that, Warren, on your, uh, your website. It has a lot of good uh, educational information on it. I've been on it and spent a lot of time on there looking at it and reading through those things. And you guys have done, a, uh, obviously, uh, spent a lot of time and energy and probably expense in uh, putting that whole thing together. So I, I can highly recommend that as well. Yeah, so, Warren, uh, we need uh, final words here on uh, Exchange Right, on 1031 exchanges, on what you guys do and why uh, people should be looking at this. Well, uh, today uh, the market has come back, and people that were not considering three, four, five years ago doing a 1031 exchange and selling their property, now they are definitely in the market. Um, They may have gotten older. Their property has certainly gone up in value. And from 2012 to 2015, the tax rates have gone up. If you count the Medicare tax, some people call it the Obama tax, and you count the increase in state taxes, particularly in California, and the increase in the federal capital gains rate and AMT rates, um, we're seeing a 50% increase in the net tax on some of the sales of, of real estate. Going from uh, going from 24 to 36 percent, and some in some cases as high as 51 percent. So now is the time to consider 1031 exchanging if you're looking for not paying taxes and uh, increasing, possibly increasing your cash flow, and getting into particularly getting into a passive role. Um, what we do, we only work with accredited investors, and so that's an important distinction. Our investors need to have a net worth of a million dollars, excluding their personal residence. Um, and uh, and then if, if you meet those requirements and it's of interest, I'd be happy to talk to you and see whether our product or somebody else's product is the right uh, alternative for you. Warren, a question I just thought of that I didn't ask before. Uh, do all of your, uh, is, is an investor required to make this a 1031 exchange, or do you sometimes have people invest because they like this real estate opportunity? Uh, we, we have people invest in this because they like the opportunity. Um, I, I actually somewhat discourage that, Charlie, uh, because when we get into uh, these direct investments like other partnerships, uh, they might find that they're filing some tax returns in other states that they don't want to have to file. So we're not real encouraging of that. However, we always have cash investors come in because they like the 7% yields and they like the security of the product. Okay, very good. Well, Warren, thank you very much. We've been talking with Warren Thomas of Exchange Right Real Estate, a 1031 exchange market-focused firm out of Pasadena, California. 
And uh, you've been listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. You can contact us again at info at strategicinvestorradio.com and go to our website to hear podcasts of all of our interviews and shows, strategicinvestorradio.com. This is Charlie Wright wishing everybody an enjoyable week and productive investing. You've been listening to The Strategic Investor, your source for compelling investment strategies from some of the most productive asset managers in the industry. For unique investment strategies, visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. Investing is not rocket science. Wright is an investment advisor representative with Partner Vest Advisory Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. The views and opinions expressed by our guests are for informational purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the views of Partner Vest Advisory Services, LLC, or Charlie Wright. Partner Vest and our guests are unaffiliated companies. No information in this discussion is intended to provide investment, tax, or legal advice to any person, nor is it an offer to sell any security.